0: podcast it's not a political show it's a podcast about church culture and the culture at large viewed through the lens of scripture it's the richards revelations podcast with scott richards here's your host scott richards well i'm certainly glad to be back with you all it's been a few weeks if you've been following on our Facebook page, you know that we've had some glitches when it comes to the hosting company, and uh, with doing some more investigation of that situation, it's a cross between them updating their website interface and so forth, and Microsoft Edge. They just weren't functioning well together, so I wasn't able to actually log into the account, so I wasn't able to do any uploads or anything. So until I tried to use Firefox, I wasn't able to get into the account. So now that I'm using Firefox, I'm free to go again. Anyways, glad to be back. Thank you for your patience. Today, I want to talk about something that is concerning to me, and it affects multiple aspects of our life, both within the church and outside of the church, the culture. And since this particular type of thing is intermixed, crossover, I mean different aspects of it, the same issue and same problem I'm seeing in both of those arenas, both within the confines of the church, Christianity, the life of a Christian, and things that we see in the world, the culture, secular world, people that have no connection to church life. And in some cases, it sort of merges. Sadly, from what I'm seeing, in some of the areas that this takes place in, the world is having more of an effect upon those within the church than the church is having an effect on the culture. And it's concerning to me. So I want to talk about a couple of things. But to get started, there's a couple of scriptures. I find it very important to look at the Word on some things. And there's a couple of scriptures I'm going to lean on here for this discussion. Okay, in this scripture, you find it in the first chapter of Romans, and that's verse 25. It says, For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Now, we know, those who study this, In this context, one of the things that we know here is this chapter speaking about all kinds of debauchery and and sinfulness and stuff. And in the following verses, it basically says that, you know, God just gave them over themselves. It got so bad. Because they rejected the truth and received and believed and applied the lie into their life in regards to these things that are listed. I believe that declaration in that passage and principle goes beyond that particular context in that chapter. We can see that same sort of thing happening in all aspects of life. And I think it's applicable to apply that passage to those other areas. What we are seeing in society, and not just even in those things, those actual things that's talked about in Romans 1, if you haven't read it already, go back and read it, whatever, those things that's happening in society and even within the church as well, where they have set aside the truth of God's word and begin to embrace, accept, and believe that those horrific, sinful things that are discussed in Romans chapter 1 are now being accepted in elevated and celebrated even within the confines of some churches. That's not the discussion I'm having today, but we can see that is in and of itself happening. But it goes beyond that. There are literally people that will misrepresent something, will speak of flat-out false things for their own benefit, their own cause, or whatever. There are people that don't even understand the concept of repentance. And so often, sometimes you just throw the word, hey, repent, repentance, we read that word in Scripture and... I know for me growing up, there was just an assumption that if you're in church and you've had the gospel preached to you, you knew what repentance meant. You knew what coming to Christ meant. But there are people out there that don't even know and understand what repentance is. And we've actually seen that in the most recent uh, things coming out. In the Duggar family thing, anyone that's at any given time over the several years of this family that had a like a TV show thing or whatever, I never really watched the show. I think I've seen clips. Being talked about it on different shows or news things at any given time when they were on the air. I think it was called 19 Encounters, or something like that. But one of the daughters has recently written a book and stuff, and she's come out of that and she's married now, and she actually has a real relationship with Jesus Christ now and recognizes so much of the things that she had learned growing up wasn't even truth, wasn't unbiblical. And one of those things was repentance was not even a part of that whole process. It was about all legalism, about rules and regulations and how their their leader person would take a verse, and I've warned about this before, take a verse and then attach a whole other bunch of things that had nothing to do with it. And then in this case, would get people to stand up or raise their hand and commit an oath to keeping that. The long and short of it, there's a lot of external behavior without any kind of internal change in one's life. And so I kind of I saw that kind of stuff happening there. It's like it's very interesting, she's got a book out and stuff. Very interesting how these people weren't even taught repentance. But just keep these rules that I'm in good standing with God and they never even had a real encounter with Jesus Christ at that point. And so there's these falsehoods that that are out there, even in the confines of what people call Christianity or church or whatever. And so it's a problem. I've lately been listening, and I'm going to be discussing a lot of different kinds of little things here, and I tie it all together here. But if you've got social media and stuff out there. Well, I happen to have like a Twitter deal as well. And there's this new thing they've come out with. It's called Spaces. So people can like have these like discussions, interactive uh, discussions. And so there's been discussions about various things. I found some of this stuff intriguing. And I was even in a dialogue the other day about the uh, discussion of this whole little submarine thing. Of course, we've since now discovered that the tragic loss of those people on that experimental submarine thing going down to the Titanic. But prior to that discovery, there was uh, you know a day where these different people had a discussion. So it was interesting to kind of listen to that. And there's these different ones that going on. And so at different times, I'll kind of hit the thing on there and just listen. Well, there's been different ones where they'll discuss a subject matter or something. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, you'll get somebody you'll ask to speak or something. There's a little way to do that. And somebody will just start saying stuff. And I remember this situation here where this person was just kind of like trying to say all this kind of stuff because he was trying to make a person look bad or a pause or whatever and, and trying to get people to come to his way of thinking on something. And thankfully, you know, the people were like, Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, no, that's just completely false. That's just not truth. And then tried try to continue to like weave a little bit and kinda of back off that little bit, but kinda of like through a backdoor kinda of like slide in a different angle in a way of trying to bring and people are like, wait a minute, no, 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 no. That's just false. It's just not true. It's provably false. And so good for the people that challenge the individual, but I've that just kind of stirred up this reminder that so often I've seen, whether we see it in the news media or uh websites or social media, or you're having a conversation with somebody, where if it's a cause or a person, and of course now we're going to be approaching an election time for some reason, but it seems like we're going to be, you know, we're sort of approaching presidential season, and so there's those kind of discussions and things going on, and people picking individuals and people they like and don't like, and all this kind of thing, and so there's a lot of discussion, and things that are just thrown out there that aren't true simply because you want support for the cause or the individual or whatever the thing is you're involved in you want support you want people to agree with you you want people to come your direction and and so say for instance like in a political situation what we would call it, it's a, a wedge issue you will try to create something that separates you or cause a distinction between you and whoever else and so You will do that kind of stuff, or you will try to bring them down with uh, some dirt or whatever, Oppo research or whatever. And so there's these discussions and things going on, but unfortunately, there's a lot of mistruth out there. And I find that, sadly, even within some that follow Jesus Christ, they love Jesus Christ, and in some cases, it's not even a question, because in some cases, you like actually know the person. But they've gotten so sucked into a cause, or a candidate, or a campaign, or some sort of thing out there, you get got environmentalism. You've got all these different things that are out there. And they will get so wrapped up into it that they will just repeat and spew out stuff that has just been made up for the benefit of whatever they're supporting or behind. And I find that disheartening. And they will hold you to a standard which they won't hold for themselves. And that's a problem. And so in a lot of these cases, they have set aside the truth for a lie and repeated it for their own benefit their own cause whatever they're behind or supporting and it's bad enough when you see that in the culture when i say culture i mean the secularism outside of the church and that's to be expected in some sense because they're not held to the same sort of standard they're not professing to be a truth teller they're not professing to be a follower of jesus but when I see that within the church, people in the church, it's disheartening. Some, wait a minute, wait a minute. Your first and most important responsibility is to represent Jesus Christ. And in doing so, you are to speak truth. And you shouldn't pass along falsehood just because you think it may benefit your cause that you're a part of. And in some cases, it's personal uh, attacks on, on, say, an individual beyond like a cause or something. Then there's an attachment to a person out there or a person representing uh, the opposite cause or side of something. And so you will say things about that person without having any truth to it. But because people within your cause have said it, you'll just repeat it without taking a moment checking it out. Now, there's another passage of scripture which is perfect for this sort of thing that I want to state, and that's in Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, where it says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against your brother, or against other people. You're not. You're not supposed to say falsehood. Now, I am not opposed to, and I've done it here and other places, call people to account. Expose something that's wrong. Challenge something that's inappropriate or inconsistent or unbiblical. That's perfectly fine. But to spread falsehoods, bear false witness against somebody else, speaking lies about somebody else, that's something, as a Christian, we're not supposed to do. And I've had these dialogues with people or like I said, I've seen, I've listened to some of these different things or I'll watch a program somewhere and there'll be somebody in a cause or a movement or whatever so invested in an outcome that they literally will repeat something that is provably false. Just because they know and believe there's a lot of people that really aren't going to test it check it, and for some, it will be put a question mark in their mind about this other person or this other cause opposite of that which they're presenting themselves, or... It's almost like a cheerleading thing to the people that are already with you on that cause or whatever. And so it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, kind of one of those things. And I'm like, wait a minute. If you're a Christian, you're not to be doing that. You're not supposed to be misrepresenting the truth. Be honest about it. Now, you can have a cause. You can, uh, as I mentioned, there's a political thing going to be coming up here within the next year or so. But you can have a belief or a support behind somebody, but don't spread falsehoods in the process of trying to gain support for the person or peoples that you support. Just be truthful and honest. And I've watched people change positions just simply because the person that they're now uh, supporting or getting behind or whatever is constantly changing their position. So all of a sudden, now they're having to adjust their social media and get rid of stuff they previously said because it sort of contradicts now. Instead of going, wait a minute, well... I disagree with the person on that particular thing, but I like these things about, so they won't even be forthright in that and acknowledge, well, I disagree with that, but I still like the person for these other reasons. No, they're just like full speed ahead and that's the right position to have. Oh, pro-choice now? Oh, that's the right position to have. But whatever the issue is, it's all of a sudden now they're setting aside their supposed belief systems and morals and things that they have been before or against all along. Because now the person that they are behind is now saying things opposite of that. Instead of going, wait a minute, that should put a check on me and go, wait a minute, I need to sincerely evaluate this. And if there's too many of this, maybe I'm behind the wrong cause or maybe I'm behind the wrong person. It's like if you come to the, a situation in life and realize, boy, I've been lied to a lot when it comes to this whole concept of global cooling, global heating, or global warming, what's the term, or climate change, and some of the falsehoods and things that were fed to us, if you analyze that and realize, wait a minute, you know, I care about the earth and all that kind of stuff, certainly, certainly as a Christian we care about those things, but they've lied to us so much on that, we should take a step back and go, Wow, maybe I got to be careful on champion. Let's get rid of all these cars and go all electric or let's only have windmills. And so you could go to these extremes and you're full speed ahead. But once you realize you've been lied to in a lot of these other areas, like, whoa, wait a minute, maybe let's put the brakes on. Let's make an adjustment here. Maybe we don't need to go to those extremes. We're going to get rid of cows now because we're supposedly supposed to buy into the idea that because cows fart, it's killing the ozone layer. The CO2 levels because of cow farts. I mean, yes, I know we have a drug problem in our culture. I know there's a lot of people that have their brain cells have been destroyed from drug use. But I guess that's what needs to happen for to believe those sort of things to be actually true. Um, it just doesn't pass the smell test. Those are the kind of things you go, wait a minute, that's a, that's a bridge too far. But unfortunately, in so many situations in people's lives, they're willing to set aside the truth. They're willing to ignore truth, reality, and believe and accept the lie and continue to spread that lie because they're all in on the cause or they're all in on that campaign. They're all in on, you name it, whatever it is, they're all in on it. We've seen these with cults that are out there where you have people in a religious setting following somebody. And early on it seems like they were saying some sort of logical things to them and people might have come out of having some sort of uh, experience or interactions with the church at one time and now they get kind of caught up into this thing and little by little you begin to hear these things that kind of don't jive based on things that you heard from the word. But instead of going, wait a minute, put the brakes on, let me analyze this, maybe this guy is not for real, maybe he's not what I think he is, and smart people would do that, but oftentimes in these cults They just kind of, they accept it. Whatever the leader says is right. Loyalty, 100% loyalty. Don't question it. I remember this happening as a kid. They had this guy out there, Jim Jones. And he got so way out there and so way off, he took all these people to call this place Kahana. This is the reference to a comment that I often use in different settings of the Kool-Aid drinkers, keep drinking the Kool-Aid. Referencing this, meaning, here's the backstory of it, not only did he convince a lot of these people, he was supposedly preaching the Bible, that it was okay for their wives to sleep with him. And these wives would go in and have sexual relations with this guy. And he convinced them that even though the Bible said it wasn't okay, that God gave him the okay for this. And that, again, comes down to the fact that they're believing a lie. They're so sucked into this cult leader that nothing is wrong about this person. This person, whatever they say, is right, no matter what. And so that's what they do. He convinces people, the end is coming, and this and that, and they're coming to get us, and they're all this doom and gloom stuff. And basically said, the only way out of here and the way we're going to be redeemed and all this sort of thing is we have to kill ourselves. And he convinced these people to get in line and one by one drink this Kool-Aid, which had poison in it. And there's this long line of people. And you see these children and these adults, just they'll, they'll drink it. All of a sudden they fall to the ground and they're dying. And yet people stayed in the line and waited their turn to get their Kool-Aid. And they did it, even though they're watching these people die next to them, believing this was the way out. This was the way of redemption. This is what God wanted them to do, because they replaced the truth with a lie. This is exactly the same kind of stuff that we see in our culture today. And within the church, there will be people that, regardless of what the Word of God says, they'll believe whatever that person's telling them. Instead of going, you know what? My Christian faith isn't reliant upon, and I don't follow an individual. I don't follow a pastor as the end all. And so if they say something that is contrary to God's word, uh, I'm done. And I don't mean there are differences in how they do certain things. I mentioned this before, baptism or whatever. I'm talking about where there's things that are direct in contradiction to God's word, then you know you don't continue to follow. When someone wants to say that Jesus isn't the only way or that there isn't a trinity or there wasn't a bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, just to name a few, you start hearing those kind of things, you don't stay following that leader. You don't stay in that church. If you are a true believer in Jesus Christ, you do not set aside the truth for a lie. And in those type of things, that is a flat out lie. You will see even those kind of things. Maybe not all of them in the same thing, but any one of those is enough to say, wait a minute, that is outside of the essentials. If you don't believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, that's outside of the essential Christian doctrine. Then, you know, you need to leave. That's not truth. That's unbiblical. But people, based on personality, will stay there. We see that in political figures, where whatever the person says, whatever the person believes, that's it. It doesn't matter. And that is unhealthy. That is unsafe. And in regards to that... I've also had situations where that, where I will say, well, here's some truth or accuracy about this situation, because they will mention something in society or something about a company is, we'll use these terms woke and all this kind of stuff. You know, they're pro LGBTQ alphabet agenda thing going on. And then they'll get all up in arms and they will sit there and say, Hey, we, gonna you know, we got to not support that and this and that. And that's fine. That's cool with me. I'm for that. You don't want to do that. That's fine. But, then also have that same standard when it comes to people that you're going to choose to represent you in elective office. And so will you will share, well, this individual did these things. This person has this belief. This person has said these things. This person has done actively these actions that go contrary to that same belief system that you have. And like they don't want to believe it. Show me the info. You give me the link. You know They want me to now do their homework for them, which, of course, I've already done, but They have no problem with spilling out falsehoods about others and things. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not true. So that kind of goes back to where they will hold others to a standard that they don't hold themselves to. Because their person, their leader or whatever have said something about somebody or a cause. they go and repeat it without actually checking it out. But if you go, well, wait a minute, here's a situation that you need to be concerned about. They will go, well, you know, you need to show me uh, who... You know, when they said it and who this and that, you show me the links. And for their perspective, if any organization that they disagree with, they don't like, did cover it, they won't accept it. And even, because I've had some discussions sometimes with people and I go, well, well, there's Christian outlets that actually covered that event or covered that thing as well. Well, and then their comeback is, well, you know, not everybody that claims to be Christian. So they, there's constantly got this comeback to where they refusing to believe something. They're willing to believe a lie, exchange the truth for a lie. And it's like, yeah, but this Christian organization, this media outlet or this or that also did a story on X, Y, or Z. And it's like, yeah, but CNN did it too, or CBS did it. And therefore, you know, I'm not, no, fake news. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to believe it. I'm going, yeah, but what about the Christian individuals, these Christian organizations that did it, Christian news agencies, or say this other even conservative outlet that did a story on it? Well, because they don't like the information, they will come up with a reason to not believe those individuals or those outlets. Unless, of course, those same outlets to a story of something they like, then they will use that same source. So it's just this weird cycle. It's like, you know, you're, you're twisting yourself in a pretzel here because on one hand, you'll use a source for this thing, but when I'll use that same source to tell you about this cause or this subject or whatever, you want to reject it simply because you don't want to believe it. And I would put it this way is it's almost like a cultic personality, say in an instance of like a a campaign or something or individual. They want to wholeheartedly support an individual, but don't want to be challenged on the very principles in morality that they're spewing about other situations. And sticking with that same point, and I started with this little discussion on of the gay pride and all these sort of things. That have been coming out recently about all these different things, specifically about that. I brought up some issues on that where multiple occasions a cause or an individual or something this person is supportive of has done the very thing that they're criticizing and telling other people to stay away from. And somehow they're trying to get themselves in a pretzel because they don't want to back away from something they're involved in, even though they're doing that very thing they're telling other people to be warned and stay away from these other places or companies and things that are doing that same thing very strange and convoluted but again it's in a case where they're like they're willing to go I know what the word of god says but I'm going to for this situation for this individual or for this cause I'm going to set that truth aside and I'm going to side with the lie because I don't want to give up on this cause or I don't want to give up on this campaign or this individual or whatever the case may be I don't want to acknowledge that this is not right and I need to reevaluate my support of this. Now, for me, I'm a realist. Um, I guess the term would be a purist. And, you know, that's a dirty word now because, my goodness, if you adhere to God's word and you want to try to apply that across the board and you go, well, if I'm going to hold, say, i put it in the political arena, Democrats or some sort of companies or something to a certain standard, then I should hold that same sort of standard. Because for me, it's coming from a biblical perspective. I should hold the people that I'm involved in, organizations or so forth, that I have always liked and supported and been around to the same standard. And if I'm not going to do that, then that to me that's called a hypocrite. So I can't accuse, for instance, our sitting president at this time of this recording happens to be of the Democratic Party, Joe Biden. Now, there are those that will want to hold him to a certain standard. They will be critical of him and all those sort of things. But yet, if you want to flip it, okay, let's have those same standards for people within your party, your movements. And from my perspective, I consider myself a constitutional conservative on that side of the political spectrum. Coming to that from a biblical perspective is why I'm on that side of situation of things. Now, holding the other side or any other party to that standard is important. I also believe that we should hold those people that are on our side, quote unquote, of the the other side of the aisle, the political aisle, to the same standard. To me, it's not okay to look the other way if it's somebody that says that they're representing us, does it, yet we want to hold someone else to account for it. No, to me, that's not okay. Just like in the body of Christ. We should clean up our own house. Judgment starts at the house of God. And so rather than have the media come in and do a scandalous show and segment about a church or a pastor or something out there, The body of Christ should rise up and clean that up before it becomes out there in the public arena. I feel the same way on the political side of things. We should be cleaning up our own stuff. We shouldn't cover it up. We shouldn't look the other way. We shouldn't make an excuse for it. We shouldn't say, yeah, but that person. Um, There's this big thing now when it comes to law and justice not equally being displayed or, or held up to. Those same standards applied equally? Okay, we can acknowledge that. But the answer is, because they didn't hold someone else to account for something that appears at this situation without all the other investigation, it's being illegal and nothing seemed to be done about it, The answer shouldn't be, so therefore, we should have people on our side of the quote-unquote aisle get to break the law too. No, that's, no, I'm sorry, that's not from a biblical perspective. From a Christian, that should not be the argument. That shouldn't be the hill that we die on. We should say, yes, bring everyone to account. If somebody does something, regardless of what their political persuasion is, they should be held to account. Many years ago, there was a guy skimming money uh the congressman, I believe it was, they found like $90,000 in his freezer. Rightfully so, a lot of us were upset. But if somebody in my political side of the aisle did the same thing, I want that person held to the same account. I don't think you get a pass just because, hey, you run with us. No. Standards should be upheld across the board. And just because we can look back in history and say, well, they didn't do it there, so now they shouldn't. No. We should apply it equally and we should start and say that's why we're different and that's why people should elect people like us because we will hold everybody to account equally, not based on someone's party affiliation. That should be the selling point. That's what people on our side of the aisle should be saying to the American people. We will hold up the law across the board no matter who you are and where leniency needs to be applied Leniency will be applied, but where conviction needs to be applied, conviction should be applied equally across the board. We don't look the other way, party affiliation or how much some money someone has versus someone who doesn't have much money. But unfortunately I'm seeing those kind of arguments in the political arena at this point on various subjects and things. I remember that we had certain standards that we were holding Bill Clinton to as far as morality and interaction with people that weren't his wife and stories and people coming out even in his primary back in 92, 91, 92 about sexual encounters he had even as governor with people whom he wasn't married to. And we on the conservative side of the aisle were constantly calling out character counts, character matters. And if you can't be faithful to your wife, how can we know you're going to be faithful to us as a leader of the free world in our country? And this was an argument for us, rightfully so, because if you can't Keep that sort of commitment. That goes to integrity. To, are you going to be honest and truthful to us? Are you going to be honest and truthful with foreign leaders? Or are you willing to lie, cheat, and steal with them and us because you're willing to do it to the woman that you were committed to? And that's where we were in the 90s. But all of a sudden in 2016, all of a sudden that didn't matter anymore. Uh, We call that locker room talk or we you know we look the other way none of that seems to matter anymore and when the candidate would double down who ultimately became president when he would double down on it even recently there were some legal issues double down on it still justifies this way of talking about being able to grab women in certain ways and well hey you know well that's just the thing i'm sorry that's not that should be rejected he should have by now recognize it was inappropriate to say and think and believe and we should be able to say that and not be looked at weird but people on my side of the aisle will make excuses for it look the other way not a big deal it's like wait a minute i'm sorry what if that was directed to your wife specifically or your daughter specifically on how somebody's mind thinks that because they're famous they get to do these things make these sexual advances to somebody no i'm sorry that's inappropriate and so. In these cases, again, we're going to set aside truth for a lie. We're going to buy into a lie and say, it's no big deal. That's just talk. It doesn't matter. It does matter because it does go to the core character of an individual. Now, when people are younger, they do stupid things. I think we can all agree on that. When they get older and they look back and go, yeah, man, I did some dumb, stupid stuff or I said some dumb, stupid stuff. And in maybe a situation like that, you would say, man, the hormones were flying or this or that. It's kind of naive and stupid. And man, that's not me. Because there are some people out there that have become very famous now in the podcast world or the they've got TV shows or radio shows or you name it. They've got uh, channels and all these different things. And so they're now a voice for certain causes and things. And all of a sudden, someone will bring up something of their past and they go, and they acknowledge it and they go, yeah, that's true. And I was stupid. I was young. Don't hold that to me now as a 45, 50 year old, because I recognize that's wrong and that's stupid. I was college. I was young, naive, or I was 16. I was in high school. So don't hold that against me in the sense that I'm saying I acknowledge it was dumb and it was wrong and inappropriate. That's not who I am today. And I have these many years to show that, you know, wife, kids and all that kind of people that can vouch for that individual. They're not like that anymore but they did something when they were dumb, when they were younger, they acknowledge that. But when you are in your fifties, sixties and your seventies, and you're still acting like that, you're still saying those kind of things. You're still acting as if that's not a big deal. That's just the way it is. That's a problem because you're no longer a young, naive, stupid kid anymore that does naturally stupid things. And that's not a slam on young people. Because we all were young, and there are times that young people do dumb things because they're not fully developed yet, intellectually and and maturity-wise or whatever. And there are some times maybe they'll even think something and know, well, that isn't going to be voiced publicly. Or they come to a certain place where they go, that's not even part of my thinking anymore. I don't think like that because it's just now I've come to the realization it's just, like, inappropriate. But when you're still doing that in your 70s, and there's people that want to try to make excuse for that, no. Again, regardless of what the subject or the issue is, in this case, talking about a campaign or a candidate person, but this applies to a cause or whatever, you can say, that goes against what I believe is appropriate. I still might like this, this, or that, but at the same time, I'm willing to acknowledge, no, that's not right. We have people that I've encountered that can't even acknowledge that. They have to make excuses for those kind of things. And in some cases, they're Christian. But because it's kind of like a cult of personality, because they're so beholden to the person or the cause, apply this to any of those things out there, they're not going to come against it. I've mentioned in previous things about certain organizations out there. There are organizations that I have financially contributed to and been Long supportive of them, that when they got to a certain point and started doing certain things. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, call them out on it. No, check, let's get back in line, let's get refocused and get back that. No, that's not okay. You have become an apologist and have abandoned the purpose and mission of that organization. And I don't want Christian organizations, it's bad enough if you have it in the secondary arena, but organizations that call themselves a Christian led organization to abandon principles and their mission to uphold and prop up a political party, whether I'm a part of the party or not. I don't want that. Like I said, we gotta clean our own house up. Whatever whether it's a church, whether it's a political party, an organization, we gotta clean our own mess up. And I want the people to be straightforward and consistent. And regardless of where it is or who it is, stand up for truth, acknowledge it, and speak out against it. Because the only way to actually improve things and change things and get people to do it about face or do the right thing is you hold their feet to the fire. Because if we want for it to improve and move to the direction it's supposed to be, then you have to not look the other way. You have to challenge them and hold their feet to the fire. Don't don't exchange truth for a lie simply for a political cause. There's a, there's a person out there coined a phrase somewhat funny, and it applies to a lot of these kind of things. Don't pee on my shoe and tell me it's raining. Don't try to convince me that Something else is happening other than what I see right before my very eyes. And so often we will make excuse for things for our cause, our party, or whatever, and I think it's inappropriate. You call it out. I have referenced, there's a relatively new, and when I say relatively new, Wilson's around in the 80s and 90s and so forth. I think it's maybe less than 10 years old. If I remember correctly, I should have probably done my homework. I didn't think I was going to mention this, so I didn't. But there's an organization out there, a lot of younger type individuals that say they're conservative. They say it's the people running it involved are Christian. But there's a lot of stuff in there that is not biblical. It's basically, again, another organization to basically prop up the Republican Party and or a particular candidate that they will happen to be behind at any given time. And over the past several years, there's been only one individual on the national level that they've been behind. And as I mentioned in a previous podcast, where they've gone around and done these quote-unquote culture war. Uh, Seminars and and events, and they've been challenged because while trying to point the finger at the other party on these other things and criticize them, they have issues within their own organization because they've aligned themselves up with people that don't fall into what true conservatism, true biblical uh, teaching, understanding is. And again, they call themselves Christians, a biblical organization. They're passed off as that. As I said, uh, some of their leader people have been at the pulpits of many churches, but they embrace. Same-sex people being married while trying to make it seem like they're not for that kind of thing. They've done actual rallies with these kind of people. They've gone out, quote-unquote, doing culture wars with people, as I mentioned before, and I played an audio of it, where the guy was actually married to another guy. Not a problem for them. And they've been challenged on it. There have been times that they you know, they want to make a big deal about trans and all these kind of things, but there have been times that they're totally for it. The one I was just talking about is Turning Point USA. And just even mention that turns people's ears off. I'm like, oh, we're not going to listen to You know, we don't want to hear anything Scott has to say now because we just love that organization. But do your homework. Not everything that they're doing and stand for is above board. Some of the people and organizations he even uh, associates himself with. But CPAC is another thing I mentioned. They're supposedly the most conservative organization out there. They've had one goal since 2016. No matter what, defend and support Donald Trump. Now, they'll have other people come out there. They'll have... Liberal Republicans come and give speeches like, okay, it's supposed to be conservative organization. Why are you even inviting liberal Republicans to come speak? They've had this past year, like I said, they had the, the whole on big party thing for this trans stuff, so trans people and big stuff for the log cabin Republicans, which is basically it's a gay organization, and so forth. This is supposed to be a conservative organization. And there's a redefining of what conservative is. And as time goes on, it gets redefined, redefined, redefined. So conservative no longer means a male's a male, a woman's a woman. And if you're trans, that's not conservatism. If you're in gay lifestyles, that's not conservatism. But that's all being embraced. The party has started to embrace it, thanks to Donald Trump. Uh, When he came on the scene, he started accepting that stuff and bringing it into the party, holding rallies at Mar-a-Lago, Even most recently, every year he has one big shindig at Mar a Lago where he's the host and gives speeches and all this kind of stuff. So, anyways, I think it's very concerning that if we are going to call ourselves Christian, let's not spread false things without checking it out. Don't hold other people to a standard that you're not willing to one hold yourself to when it comes to like information wise. If you're not willing to receive information from somebody whom you know and can vouch for their character just because it goes against something you want to believe, but you're willing to believe somebody you've never met before and has consistently lied in the past, but just because they said it, and you go and spread it. That's bearing false witness. Be careful of that. And when it comes to us holding other parties and individuals to certain standards, then we should hold people that we're affiliated with, the organization we're affiliated with, to the same standard. If we are in ministries or churches or organizations like that, you have a guy up there that's not teaching the Bible correctly, teaching things that are not biblical. We don't defend that. We don't make excuse for that just because they got famous or whatever. There's a lot of famous quote-unquote preachers out there that when you dig into them, you realize they don't believe in the Trinity. or they. There's a lot of different things that are issues that are outside of the essential Christian doctrine. Yet people, they'll set that aside. They'll set the truth aside for a lie. They'll exchange a truth for a lie, because they're not going to give up on listening to the teaching of and supporting that particular preacher, ministry, or whatever, even though they're teaching unbiblical things. That's a problem. Let's be consistent. The Bible made it clear there, and even though they talked about all these sort of things, which again, like I said, you will find that in some circles of the church that have embraced those lifestyles, that is exchanging the truth for a lie. Same as Jesus didn't bodily raise from the dead. That is, exchanging the truth for a lie. Don't stay affiliated with those ministries or churches. And the list can go on when it comes to the essentials of the Christian faith that we need to adhere to. Let's not make excuse just because we happen to like them. There's a person, huge church in Texas, happy-go-lucky, every day is a happy day and all this kind of stuff, shies away from speaking about anything the truth can't be held to, you know, can't speak truth when it comes to certain sins and all that kind of stuff when asked about it. And there are people that say, oh, it makes me feel so good. and You know, I just like listening. It's like, but it's not biblical truth. It's basically a TED Talk on making you feel good, but it's not enriching your life. It's not challenging. It's not calling out sin in areas that need to be called out. You know, when you're teaching through the Bible and you come across certain things, hey, we're not supposed to lie. (laughs) We're not supposed to steal you are not supposed to bear false witness. You're not supposed to commit fornication. You're not supposed to have adultery. You're not supposed to, you know, whatever the thing is that we could come across. Gossip and all these other kind of things. When we come across those things where the Bible's clear on, and those are things that are called out as sin, we should be able to address that in an open setting and say, hey, we need to live better than this. This is what sin looks like, and we're called to not live that way. And speak it forth. But to sit there and just go on and on about every day is a happy life. And God wants you to be happy. And his main purpose and desire in your life is that you're happy. Which is some of the stuff that you will hear. That is not God's most important thing in your life. Is that you are happy. God's most important thing in your life is that you have no other gods before him. That you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. That you repent and give your life to Christ. Receive his forgiveness for your sin because you are a sinner. Nowhere in there it says, my desire is for you to have a happy life. And that's the main goal in life, is to have a happy life. Happy is the one whose God is the Lord. And whose God is the Lord looks like something. It isn't an intellectual belief or understanding that God exists. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is acknowledging that God has a standard for my life. Happy is the one whose God is the Lord, not just someone out in the cosmos. He's my Lord. What does that look like? My life looks different. It doesn't look like the world. So if you are going to take the element of God being my Lord and me needing to repent and me need to live for Jesus, and that looks like something, and exchange that for, hey, we're just supposed to be happy, that's not truth. And that's not going to help you when it comes time for eternity, which is why, as I've mentioned before, and even in a most recent teaching I did, that's why there's a lot of different religions that attend that church you have Muslims and everybody else attending that church, because they're never called to account. They don't have to follow Jesus in the sense of what the Bible teaches. They're made to feel happy and good, so everyone feels very comfortable there. If you're a Muslim or any other kind of sinner or false uh, religion, and you walk into a Protestant church, you shouldn't feel comfortable in that false religion. You should be challenged in that and realize, hey, you know what? I'm I think I'm believing something that's not true. Based on the teaching of this individual, I don't think what I am believe is actually correct. Because there's a, a contradiction here. There's a difference in what that person is actually saying than what I believe. So let me investigate this more. Either he's wrong and I'm right, or I'm wrong and he's right. But I need to find that out. Because I want to have a true faith in something that is real and authentic. If I'm not challenged in that, I'm going to go on believing everything is cool and fine because the main important thing in my life is to be happy based on what this individual is telling me. And hey, I'm happy from regardless of what I believe or what I think. Hey, I'm ultimately happy. That's not the goal in life, is to be happy. Are we going to have happy moments in life? Absolutely. That's not the goal. That's not what we pursue. We pursue Jesus Christ and his righteousness, and in the process, we're going to have happy moments. We're also going to have some not-so-happy moments, and we need to recognize that and acknowledge that and know that that's truth. That's the reality. And so if we believe that every day is supposed to be a happy day, that is exchanging truth for a lie, because every day isn't going to be a happy day. All people without Christ are going to soon find out that their life is not happy when they die on this earth and step into the next life. It's not going to be so happy if they die without Jesus Christ. Well, so that's it for today. I just wanted to have an overarching discussion that boils down to two biblical principles. Do not exchange truth for a lie, whether it's biblical truth or other areas of life truth. Don't exchange it. When there's a truth out there, don't exchange it for a lie simply for your own benefit. And in Romans 1, they were doing that. They were exchanging the truth for a lie because it benefited them. They wanted to live and practice those sins, and so they rejected the truth. They exchanged it for a lie to believe that what they were doing was perfectly okay. We don't want to do that. No matter what area of life, whether in the church, outside the church, we don't want to exchange the truth for a lie. Secondly, we are not to bear false witness. Don't repeat something unless you've checked it out and not necessarily from the person or the source. Especially if that person or source is questionable, but it rings through your ear. We got this tickling of the ears. All oh, we like it because it helps our cause or, or candidate, and it hurts someone else's cause or something. Look, I want people to be educated properly on the falsity of man-made global warming. I want people to be learn truth about what abortion really is and God's perspective on life. I don't want to give false stuff out there to undercut my causes and beliefs that I have. And you name the cause. I don't want that to be an issue or problem. I don't want to use lies. I don't want to misrepresent something simply because it's going to benefit something I believe in. I want to do it with truth and accuracy. Same thing with individuals. They don't want you to like somebody or dislike somebody else based on falsehoods. So you don't misrepresent. You don't bear false witness about somebody else just because you want people to like another person. Sometimes I know that can possibly be difficult. thought came to my mind. I'm thinking of, you know, uh, a dad and a teenage daughter, and she brings some dude home, and you're like, "Uh uh-oh. And so because you want to emphasize this is not a good choice, you might bear false witness about that individual out of rumor or created rumor in your own head or something because you really don't want her to hook up with that guy and so you bear false witness about that kid because you don't want your teenage daughter to be hooked up with what she just brought home to to meet you. No, we want to do it properly. So, yes, I can, I can imagine a scenario like that. You go, oh, man, I got to paint the picture really intense at how bad this person is so that she maybe will change her mind. From what I have experienced in life, that tends to have the opposite effect. Just saying. Anyways, that just... Off the cuff came my mind there, but even in those cases, we want to bring truth and want the best for, obviously, the kids. But we don't need to do it bearing false witness on somebody just simply because we don't want them to hang out with those individuals or, you know, date somebody that we wouldn't approve of. So, again, regardless of what the circumstance is, let's not bear false witness. Let's not exchange the truth for a lie. Well, that's all for this week. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to these podcasts. I know there are many voices out there vying for your time. So thank you. If you know someone who could get something out of these podcasts, I encourage you to share it with them. Until next week, may God bless you.